0: Hello and welcome to Juggling Podcast number two. This is Luke Burridge and I'm re-releasing this podcast with better quality encoding. I've also gone through and edited out lots of stuff from the uh, podcast. Uh, lots of ums and errs and errs and things like that. I've taken all that kind of stuff out, made a shorter, tighter podcast. Still lasts about an hour though uh, and it's a workshop. I wasn't quite sure what direction I'll be taking the Juggling Podcast and this is before Polar was around. Um, so uh, yeah, check it out. If you want to become a host of a show, moderate a show, compare a show, listen to this and you'll learn everything that you need to know about that. Also, if you don't want to do that, maybe you'll learn something by listening anyway, get some appreciation of the kind of things that uh, you should be doing if you're hosting a show. Or maybe if you're hosting uh, a convention, you're actually organizing a convention or putting together a show of some kind maybe you should give this podcast to the person who's going to be hosting the show so you're all working from the same page you all know what to expect from each other also a lot of these uh, a lot of the things that were in this podcast was written up for a Cascade article uh, so an article in the European Juggling Magazine Cascade I also write for them so uh, check it out uh, early I think the first edition from 2007 contained pretty much this kind of workshop in print form so check it out enjoy and uh, here you go. The original recording begins now. Why am I doing this workshop? What's, what's given me the right to uh, to tell people how to host a show or to advise people on how to host a show? Well, I've done a lot of it and I've learned through experience okay I've done a lot of good shows but also I've done a lot of bad shows some shows that gone so badly at the end of it I was pretty much in tears the show went so badly and uh, probably the audience in quite a few of my shows have been in tears as well so I've developed over the years lots of theories and practical knowledge of, of how to do a good show also I've seen a lot of shows. I've been to you know 20 conventions every year for the past three or four years or longer. I've gone to lots and lots of variety shows and open stages and loads of stuff. Uh, also, I have been actually seen lots of professional performers as well, performing in their element in variety theatres. So people who are paid to be professional compares, professional hosts. And these guys are generally pretty good and uh, I've learned a lot from them as well. So hopefully I'll be able to pass on some of my knowledge. Hosting a show, in my mind, is actually quite easy I mean it shouldn't be too hard shouldn't be too difficult in any way but there's just some various guidelines that people just just don't know they just do a bad job not because they're not good performers not because they're you know they could be good performers in in the, in the way of hosting a show as well it's just that some basic principles seem to be forgotten so I'll see if I can share some of them today. Also, this isn't just about being a host at a convention show, any kind of show really as well. I've done this workshop a number of times at juggling conventions and people say, hey, I want to work in schools and want to host a show with school children. These same principles can still apply. Or I want to do a renegade show. These principles can still apply. Or I want to host a game session at a convention. I've also hosted lots of game sessions at conventions and I pretty much stick with these same principles and, uh, and everything goes smoothly. So much so that now when I get up to host a show, I don't make any preparation in advance at all. I just think about these things, do some things before the show, which I'll tell you about later on. And then when I get up on stage, I don't need to plan what I'm going to say. I just have these principles first and foremost in my mind and I follow them and uh, in the end do some pretty good shows and I get some really good reactions from the shows that I do from doing renegade shows with 20 people all the way up to hosting the main stages at the EJC for maybe 2,000, 3,000 people at a time. So uh, yeah, let's go through. The, The first thing is... And that I want to show with you these three things, like the three points that I'm going to structure this workshop around. And those are the three functions of the host of a show, okay? They're there to do these three things. One is to inform, the next is to control, and the finally is to entertain, okay? And they're in that order of importance, that's what you do. You inform, you control, and entertain. Entertaining is the least important thing, the thing that the, uh, the host of the show should be thinking about least, and that's the big mistake that uh, uh, the majority of, of new hosts, like virgin hosts and compares make. They think that they're meant to be entertaining, but it's not. It's about other things as well. So let's start off with inform, okay? Informing, uh, educating, telling people things. Telling people is one of the most important things. The only thing that you're meant to be there for is to introduce the acts on the stage. If you do nothing else and you do good introductions to the acts you've done your job properly. So the point is, you know, like hosts of a, of a uh, football game or something like that, they'll just say, please welcome to the pitch this team or that player. And they, they're not doing any comedy. They're not even being seen on stage. They're just a voice, like the voice of God from above. They just do their job. They introdu- do a good introduction and everyone's really happy. Because in my mind, an informed audience, an audience that knows what's going on is a happy audience. That's the big, big principle, okay? So the first thing that you do uh, that you need to tell people when you start a show, like you get up on stage, the first thing that you need to tell is um, what the show is, what they're about to watch. So if I was gonna do like hosting a British Juggling Convention show, I'd say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the British Juggling Convention 2006 public show. And everyone knows that they're in the right theatre, that this is the show that they're signed up for. And they think, oh, it's a public show, so it's like for everyone and things like that. Um, so the people in the audience who don't know very much about the BJC or the British Juggling Convention or anything like that, tell them about it. So I would then go on to say the British Juggling Convention visits a different city or town every spring and uh, has done for the past 20 years. This is the first time we've been here in insert your city that you're there. Cornwall, we were in last year. So uh, uh, immediately, the people, the non-jugglers in the audience know what's going on. The jugglers know more that's going on. And, get this, as soon as you mention anything that is applicable or that the audience members can associate with or they can identify with, they will give a big round of applause. Certainly at the start of the show, when they're all enthusiastic, they're all bright, and they're all going, wait, hey, it's going to happen and things like that. So uh, you'll get a big round of applause for that. And then you just say, this show, uh, you know, tell them what they're going to see. So that's what it is, but what are they actually going to see? So you can just like this, this show, you know, brings together some of the best jugglers and performers uh, from not just the UK but the whole world. Um, we've scoured the entire face of the earth to find the hottest new acts the, uh, the greatest uh, you know the greatest artists and things like that just go into it as well of course I'm mumbling here because I don't actually have the information of what's in the show in front of me but of course you know what's going to be in the show because you've prepared in, in advance and you actually just go through a list of, of what, you know, what you're going to see where they are we're going to see some people doing devil sticks no don't mention devil sticks uh, we're going to see people doing juggling we're going to see acrobats we're going to see all kinds of stuff and also say where people are from as as well we're going to have artists here from from britain from germany from france from america all the way from japan and people go oh, wow this is a good show you know it's international also you've got to be appropriate. You don't get up and say the same kind of thing for a renegade show. For Then you've actually got to say what you're going to see. So uh, you get up and say, look, on stage, it's an open stage, completely open. People are going to get up here and it's going to be their first time on stage and they're going to try and entertain people and some people are going to be great, some people aren't going to be so great. If you actually tell people in advance what they're going to see in a show, they're going to be really happy when it goes ahead. I've actually gone to uh, juggling conventions. One specifically was the Birmingham university juggling convention and the renegade show started there's lots of people there who had never been to a juggling convention before had never been to a renegade show they didn't know what was going to happen and when people came up and started drinking and vomiting on stage well maybe not but some really bad stuff happening on the stage a clown who went on too long some guy came up and just stuck himself with a with a fork and and you know it's really nasty stuff uh, but the people in the audience didn't know that's the kind of thing that we're expecting from a renegade show so if you just like hint hint at them uh, what's going to happen. They'll be happy no matter what. Hype it up if it's going to be a big show, but if it's not going to be just the most entertaining evening they've ever seen, maybe make the introduction appropriate. So uh, yeah. Also, tell people what they're gonna, actually what the show is going to be. You know, if it's just a series of acts, tell them it's going to be a series of acts. If it's going to be a series of acts and then one solo performer is going to do 45 minutes at the end, tell them that. People, like you say, an informed audience is happy. Uh, just an example of that is at the EJC, the European Juggling Convention, this year. That was at the opening stage. And uh, there was Jay Gilligan and Manu the kooka a pop juggling act with balls and things. And uh, the second act was going to be Chris Cramer. The reason that it was such a, a short show with just two acts was because... Um, well, the, the World Cup was on and uh, Chris Cromer wanted to see it and the scheduling meant that if they started a the show and went on it would la- end at 1 o'clock in the morning about half of the audience actually knew this was going to happen there was only going to be two acts but that meant the other half didn't and the, uh, the compere came up there and he just says hey, welcome to the show he did some insulting racist jokes about the French because they just won the World Cup and then just introduced the first act and then introduced the second act and afterwards he just goes right, that's it guys uh, thanks, that's the end of the show and people thought he was joking because no shows end after just two acts. I mean, it's just completely unexpected and people were just like, wow, that's it. You know, Chris Kramer's just had his fourth standing ovation and people still left that show disappointed. If they'd have been told at the start of the show, due to scheduling, the show will only have two acts, but we've just got the best two acts of the entire convention to kick things off. Everyone would have been happy at the end. So uh, stick with that, you know, actually tell people what they're going to see and they will, they will be happy. So you've introduced the show, then introduce yourself. I say that the host of the show, of this show with Chris Kramer, and before, I just say, I'll just call him the host of that show. He was very bad, I might use him for, as a, an example. Actually, I'll be using quite a lot of real life examples throughout this workshop as well, so uh, hopefully it's not too controversial. But I never actually knew his name. He got up on stage and just went, hello, and then started talking. He never told us his name. People want to know your name. You're the host of the show. You're going to be on stage more than all of the other acts of the show combined. And the audience really wants to identify with you. And telling your, them your name is pretty basic. And also, you know, give an introduction to yourself. Like, I would always say, hi, my name's Luke. Actually, I don't know why. I so say. I just say, I'm Luke. A lot of people know who I am. If I, if I don't, I'll say, yeah, I'm going to do some juggling. You're going to do some juggling or something like that. And that's uh, then uh, just a good thing to say. Introduce yourself. Now... Moving on to the next thing, you're going to be introducing acts. That's the next thing that you're going to be doing. This, like I say, is the main job. This is the main reason why you're on stage at all. So do it. Introduce the acts. I've seen a lot of shows where the acts aren't introduced. The, The host of the show just thinks that they're there to fill time while the technical crew get ready and the things are set out on stage. Guys the technical crew can do that in like 30 seconds if you wanted to you you could just run from one act to the other just a technician coming out or like stagehand coming out setting the stage for the next act and they could just flow straight on and the audience could just sit through that 30 seconds and be happy with it you're not there to fill time you're there to introduce the next act okay so you've got to tell them what they're going to see also when you do introduce them get the name right ask the artist what they're called and repeat their name back to them until you get it correct at uh, the ejc this opening show again the host of the show says it's jay and manu they call themselves kaku but they're not called kaku they're called kuka uh, like a really really basic mispronunciation but kaku sounds crap and kuka actually sounds quite cool and it's really mixed up. Uh, the, the Tuesday night open stage, uh, Devil Stick Pete uh, went through each of the acts and mispronounced and actually misnamed every single one of the acts. I remember sitting there in the audience thinking, this is terrible. Devil Stick Steve... No, wait a second. Devil, no, Devil Stick Pete. And actually thinking of it, Devil Stick Steve wasn't called Devil Stick Steve. When he was announced on stage by someone like with a microphone saying, please welcome your host, Devil Stick Steve... They'd got his name wrong. His name was actually Devilstick Pete. So really make sure that your own name is right and then make sure all of the names of the artists are right as well. When I introduce artists on stage, I always say at least three things. I normally talk a bit more about them as well, but three things are really basic. I tell them, you know, tell the people their name, I tell them where they're from and also what they're about to do on stage, okay, three basic in- pieces of information that everybody really wants to know. Everyone know- wants to know where someone's from, you know, see their background, what kind of style it's going to be, and what they're about to do on stage. Like, say, so if you say, this girl is going to be, you know, doing club juggling, oh, club juggling, going to be doing devil stick. Uh, no, actually, don't mention devil sticks. Um, uh, so uh, what, what I would do is actually talk to each artist individually before the show. And uh, get the details clear. Repeat their names back to them, and also find out what they don't want me to tell them about their act. Okay, not only think you know, ask them what you want to tell them about, but also you don't. One example is that I've been asked by some uh, jugglers who do a bit of magic, like a bit of uh, sleight of hand in their act. Uh, they say, "Don't I don't you know? I'm a magician. I do mag- magic tricks as well, but I don't want to be introduced as a magician. I want it to be a surprise." So don't you know? Don't kill the impact of the acts if something surprising is going to happen in the act. Uh, be sensitive to that. Also, I don't always talk to all the artists all the way before the show. Lots of people at the start of a show, they sit everyone down in a circle and the compo will go around and ask, what's your name? How long is your act? What do you want to be introduction?" I don't normally do that. These days, I'm I'm confident enough that I can just talk to the artist during the act before theirs on stage. So I'll just go up to them and say... uh, What's your name you know what do you want me to do? you're going to do this great, and then I walk up on stage and introduce them on stage, so everything's clear on my mind, and I don't actually have to have anything written down on a piece of paper um, although I will have like backstage a list of of the list you know the running order of the acts and things. I can just get up there and I have it all fresh in my mind and go for it, but that only comes from confidence of being able to do that, but it doesn't always work this year at the e j c the opening the Monday night show which I hosted the first open stage I did this thing with Marcus Furtner and I was on stage throughout his act and then when Marco Paletti came up afterwards I, I hadn't managed to talk to him about his introduction he actually had quite an, an interesting introduction which I'm really sad I missed about you know these balls are technical these balls are artistic and it mixes together technicality and, and artistic um, expression of juggling it was actually quite interesting and I just completely missed it I just had to say here's uh, Marco and um, also if you if you don't think you can remember this introduction from the time that you're off stage looking at a piece of paper to walking on stage, you're allowed to read it. You can read off a piece of paper, but don't do it like slyly having it in the palm of your hand and look down at it because the audience will think you're cheating. They just think, oh, he doesn't really know, he doesn't really care. But if you have like a big piece of paper with you and it's in your hand or on a clipboard and you're holding it there and you say, the next act is, and you turn and read the piece of paper, everyone goes, wow, you know, he he really wants to get this right, this, this, this host, and the host is doing his best job as they can. If you need to read off a piece of paper, don't hide it. Make it presentable. So that's, uh, that's how to introduce an act. Also, what I do is just a, as, a, as a style of introducing my own personal style, I mean, it's not the right way or the wrong way to do this, is that I always try and end my introduction of the artist not with their name. Okay, So I won't go all the way from here. Please give a big round of applause for blah 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 because by that time the audience is probably a big round of applause and they've started already and uh they'll i'm saying on stage mike and they won't hear mike okay and they won't just like what what was that so i'll always say the next uh, artist on stage is mike please give it up or please give a big round of applause or, or, or welcome them on stage or something like that or um i'd mention the name earlier on in the introduction and then finish with it's mike and uh and it doesn't matter if they don't. everyone catches the name that time because they already know who the person is. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. Also, don't just introduce people as first names like this is Mike or this is Tom because people really want to know people's second names. Tom is could be any Tom, but this could be Tom Derek. So, uh, yeah, tell the people what they want. That's often missed off of a lot of smaller juggling convention shows that I've been to. Other things to tell the audience, not so much about the acts, but actually about the business of the show, get all the boring rules out of the way... Um, near the beginning of the show. I never like to do it in the first link when I first come and say hey the show's about to start Uh, and I don't like it when I I can remember my brother telling me this about a a convention the the organizers of the convention came out before the show started and said right everyone stop blowing up balloons turn off your mobile phones everyone calm down everyone you know do this and don't know flash photography those are all the things you can't do now on with the show and it just puts a down at the beginning of the show so uh, be sensitive about that. I always do it pretty much in the first link after the first act that's when I do a lot longer introduction. I do some of my own material as well. I get the show started as soon as possible um, once I first come on stage. And then after that, I can do like all the business and say, you know, afterwards this is going to happen, and pick up litter when you go, and all these boring bits as well. I try and get them all out of the way um, in the first, or the link after the first act. In the introduction to the last act of the first half, tell people there's going to be a break after that act. Um, because... If, if people are sitting around they think oh can I go to the toilet now or, or, shall I, or shall I go to the toilet with this act and then come back and I know people who've gone to the toilet during the last act of a show and, and come back just in time for the interval okay so if you say nope there's going to be a, a break after this act everyone goes oh I can relax I've only got like five minutes to wait except if the act is say like Jay Gilligan and he's going to do his 20-minute balloon piece or something like that. Tell them that it's going to be 20 minutes because I did that. That happened once at a British juggling convention. They say, okay, this is the last act before the first half. Everyone started relaxing. Their bladders were just about releasing five minutes into the act and there was another 15 minutes to go. Also, the end of the show. I never like to surprise people with the end of the show. I've been to lots of shows and they just go, like, after the last act, they go, uh, and that's it. Thank you very much. And let's get the artist back on stage for a round of applause. And everyone's going, Whoa, oh, no, oh, I want you to something bigger than that, better than that, at the end of the show. As uh, always announce again that there's going to be the end of the show or there's two acts left i always say there's two acts left because that people you know it brings people up they start ramping up their enthusiasm for the last act as well and they can get prepared for the end of the show so don't disappoint people in that way but maybe you want to i don't know alternatively at the start of the show you can do something like john did at the i think on the thursday night show at the ejc the the open state he just said in the first act there's going to be six six acts and then we'll take a break and then seven more acts and you just said it at the beginning of the show, and everyone went, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm really happy. And if there's an act that they didn't like, or, you know, it's getting someone, they think, oh, no, it's okay. We've only got, like, one more act to go through, or two more acts to go through, and, uh, and it was all good. And It was great. Yeah, try that out as well. Also, um, before the break, tell people what they can do. You know, they say, okay, we're going to take a, a 10-minute break now. The bar is open. You can go outside to smoke. Uh, the toilets are downstairs. You know, just get out of that way, that business. Also, if the, sh- if the act, uh, not the act, the interval is planned to be 20 minutes long tell them 15 okay it gets them back in early and gets the show moving on quickly also i'll go into this a bit later as well but um uh, tell the audience if anything goes wrong the microphone if the microphone suddenly stops working... Hey, wait a second. Um, don't try and hide it, okay? Say, oh, the microphone has stopped working. And actually c- continue on with the show. Be honest with people. If an artist has fallen over backstage and hurting themselves and they can't come out, don't try and cover it. Just When you come out on stage, say, actually, look, uh, we're having a bit of a problem, and uh, if you're honest with people, they'll be more forgiving of mistakes on stage if you're open with those mistakes, okay? If there's, like, uh, the lighting rig goes off and you try and carry on without, you know, as normal... People will notice and they'll think, why are they trying to kid us? Why are they trying to, you know, fool us into thinking everything's going right? If it's something small and you can cover it, just, you know, throw away comment is all that's needed and put the audience at their ease. Also, finally, I mentioned at the beginning, educate the audience. If the act that is coming up is a, uh, you know, 20-minute artistic experiment with a single um, Diablo handstick stick. Um, which uh, is somehow found its way into the show, and the audience isn't actually all into that, You uh, maybe some non-jugglers there, they don't really understand what's going on, explain the history of the artist, or the idea behind that kind of juggling as well. Uh, or, or if you can't do that, if you're not confident enough to do that, tell the audience that they might find it a bit confusing. Because then they'll be happy. You know, they find it confusing... Mm. So what? Uh, You know, not that they're expecting to be confused, but when they are confused, they're thinking, oh, well, it's it's okay about it, Uh, if you understand. Maybe I didn't explain that too well, but um, hopefully you understand it. So those are all the things that you've got to tell the audience and a lot more. The more you can tell the audience, the better. And the more interesting you can tell them it, the better as well. So, uh, yeah, informing the audience. That is your main job on stage. If you just do that, if you just inform the audience what's going on, who's up next, you'll be a good host of a show. You'll be a lot better than a lot of people I've seen who think they're a good host because they're trying to be entertaining and all of that, but they actually don't do their job. You know, if you're just wanting to inform people, just tell them what's happening on stage. That's what a few of the uh, hosts of the EJC main shows, if you remember 2004, they had the guys from uh, Cirque de Louche. I can't pronounce them, I can't remember their name. Anyway, some Belgium guys, really good artists, really funny guys, do street shows, artists in their own right, but they they just did their job. They explained what was going on, on stage, they hosted the show and didn't try and do anything else. They just they just informed the audience what was going on. And everyone was perfectly happy because the acts you know were, were good enough. They all you know all worked together on itself. Obviously if the acts aren't all that good maybe you'll have to do something else and we'll get on to them uh, now. Yes, you've, you've informed the audience. Next, you are in control, okay? Now, controlling different things as well. Let me go through them as well. There's lots of people who make a show work, a good show work, okay? There'll be backstage crew, there'll be lighting technicians, sound technicians, there'll be the organisers of the show, the organisers of the convention, the person who booked all the acts, maybe a director of the show, someone who, you know, wants to be in control and it's sort of their project as well. A lot of people, you know, all the people that they mention at the end of the show, this person, that person, get everyone to come off on stage and bow and things like that. Uh, the thing is, is um, most of the people in the audience don't really care that much about these people because they don't see them. They appreciate their job and they're very grateful that these people exist, but actually um, they're not that important. There's one person that is important and that's you. You're the host of the show. You're the one who's holding everything together. Um, So you have to be in control or in the minds of the audience, you are the person who's in control. Even if you've got a stage manager or a director telling you every single thing that you should be doing in the eyes of the audience, you're in control. The thing is that juggling conventions and uh, smaller events and shows that don't have long runs, obviously, one-off event, okay, the director only has minimal input. The the stage technicians uh, and the stage managers only, you know, can't control everything. You've got to be the one in control. So it's up to you to make the show as good as possible. This is a big thing. This is a big, big part of being a good host. You're the person who makes things happen, Okay. You've got, to, you've got to hit the aims of the show. Now, the aims of the show can be different, you know. Uh, if it's you know just want it to be bawdy, renegade, go for it. If, you, if it's going to be a game session, go for it. People, the games have to happen. If it's going to be an entertaining show, you've got to make it an entertaining show or be, you know, like, control the entertainment. But one thing that's in common with all of these things is the length of the show, except maybe renegade where you just go, it'll end when it ends. But even then, it's pretty much up to the host of the show to call it a day, to say the show's going to end now because, you know, they're the person who's up there all the time anyway, trying to get new acts. Um, so uh, yeah, the length of the show, there'll always be a set length, mostly. And it's up to uh, you to make sure that the that the show hits that target, okay? Uh, here is the rule of thumb, how to work out the length of a, a typical juggling convention variety show kind of thing. You ask all the artists how long their acts will take, generally between five, ten minutes each. You take all of that all of those numbers and double it, okay? So you've got double the length of time, okay? And that will be enough time for you to, you know, for the audience to show their appreciation from the act you to get up on stage, the technicians to clear it, you to talk about the next artist, introduce them on stage, get everything set up, and then then come on stage. So pretty much twice that time, okay? That's how long the show is gonna be. That may or may not include the late running of the show. So if it's starting late, okay? So you need to add in that time as well. And how long is the break gonna take? You need to add that time on top. Add another 10 minutes just for good luck as well. And uh, you'll be left with a number of minutes or hours that are, uh, That's a lot longer than the show organizers first expected. They'll always book, like, it will go, oh, 10 acts, five minutes each for 10 acts. Ooh, that's about 50 meters. Uh, 50 meters? 50 minutes, okay. But it won't be 50 minutes. with so 10 acts with five minutes acts per, but it won't be five minutes. Some people go over. Some people go 10 minutes and things like that. You're easily looking at, you know, just off the bat, two-and-a-half-hour show for, for 10 acts, okay? That includes the uh, interval, you know, the uh, break as well and the show organizers don't don't even realize that I've been to some shows and they've booked 12 acts for each half and the show just goes on on and on and on and on as well one one specific example that i can think of was uh, the berlin jorden convention in two thousand and five. Five, I think it was. I was the first act in that show and the last act. Okay, and the show was over four hours long, from when the doors, you know, when the show started to when we finally took a bow. It was about four hours and twenty minutes, which is way too long, way too long for a show. And that only happened because the host of the show, um, well, great juggler, not so not such a spot-on host of the show as well. And he had lots of his own material and he kept on doing it and kept on doing it and kept on doing it. And nobody just told him stop doing your own material just introduce the next act and get on with it that's all we've got time for so uh so yeah very memorable show for me that one for a lot of different reasons as well but um but the the i can remember being backstage with jay and we're looking at each other going four and a half hours or something like that uh not a not a great situation so length of the show if the show if you want the two hour show and you work out with this thing it's going to be you know uh uh, two hours and 50 minutes and things like that, you've got to work out that you've only got ten minutes of your own material that like, you can put in there. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, so not only the length of the show, you also control like, the mood of the audience. That's really big. Tell them to clap, and they'll clap, because clapping is fun. Tell them to shout and scream, and they will shout and scream, because shouting and screaming is really fun. Uh, you tell them to shut up, they may shut up, but telling people to be quiet is normally a bad idea. I'd always discourage that, and I try not to do it. Or if I do, I say it in a funny way, like I'll just say, hey, shut up, like that, or shut up, I'm trying to get on with it, or shush, 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 like that, and try and shush them. Even though I'm shushing them, I'm trying to get a reaction out of them. I'm trying to get like a more subdued reaction out of them so I can then build up the tension for the next act or try and calm things down. So, uh, yeah, if also if the audience has just sat through that 20-minute um, artistic experiment with a Diablo hand stick. Don't come on back on stage and they're feeling a bit, you know, oh, what we're we sitting through and things like that. Don't suddenly go, hey, how are you enjoying the show? Because they're like, woo, yeah, yeah. And they go, I can't hear you, come on, let's have some cheering and things like that. And it's like, woo, mm, like this. Don't bother with that, you know, keep it moving. Um, also, another thing, I almost forgot to mention it, about the, the audience. Never Tell the audience to give a bad reaction. Never ask for boos, unless they're for you. Sometimes like that, Uh, when you do something, you can ask for a very specific boo for yourself. Again, this this host, um, Philip, of the uh, juggling convention in Berlin two years ago, he had this skit. It was actually really quite funny. He played an audio clip of the worst applause in the world ever, recorded from some film that he liked. And uh, the applause was like, woo, yeah, like four people clapping and then sort of coughing and then silence. And he says, I want you to try and... Uh, you know, emulate that uh, that audience response. And there's like 800 people, no, maybe 600 people sitting there in the theatre, and he got them all to applaud with as little energy, as small applause as per as, as humanly possible. And then they did. So he got the energy of the audience down to the smallest amount possible, and then said, "Okay, the next act," and introduce the next act, walk off stage, and I tell you something. People almost copied that applause. The way that I'd have done that sketch, because it was really funny to get people to applaud really less, is then to have sort of like a huge applause, like the um, the end of uh, Star Wars Episode Six or something, when the whole galaxy is celebrating. Say, uh, you know, play that clip instead, and then say and try and you know try and emulate that applause for the next artist, because they're that good. You know, you can flip that on its head and get the audience back in with it. But uh, but Philip didn't, and it and it pretty much fell flat. So yeah, you can control the mood and the cheering and the clapping of the audience. And to be honest, they want that because because audience, you know, they want to be told what to do. They want to be told if something's good. They want to know about it and uh, have their chance to applause and to show their appreciation of the acts. Talking of the acts, that's also something you control first of all you as as the host of the show you can probably have a bigger influence than you think over the order of the acts if you talk to the show organizers beforehand and they and and you say um, have you got the show order sorted out look through two devil stick acts together you know try and split them apart and things like that. Uh, it's uh, it, it's better, you know. If you think that you uh, have got better idea of the order of the show, that you can do links from one to the other in a better way like that, uh, you can take control. I often turn up to conventions and I've been booked there just to be the host of the show um, and maybe do some acts as well. But um, I will always try and uh list you know put the acts in the order that i think as well because i've I've seen some shows where like a contact juggler doing a slow contact routine is the final act of the show and there were some guys doing a big passing number just before them it's like basic thing that the big club passing act put that at the end you know it's a good thing so uh, yeah, keep in mind. Also, you control the artists when they're coming on stage, when they're going off stage, um, what they do on stage, and also when they're off stage as well. So those transitions. So w- here's some examples of things that I tell all of the artists before any show that I'm hosting. I get them together in a group. I don't take the names then and things like that, but I tell them all my rules of when I, when I host a show. If they do it like this, nobody's gonna get caught out. It's gonna be really easy for all the technical people, really easy for, for me as the host, really easy for them as the artists, and also really easy for the audience. Uh, and I tell them things like this all of you are going to come on from stage right and i'm going to come on and off from stage right as well okay i will always walk behind you when you come on stage as well and when you go off stage if i'm on stage as well you walk off behind me so the people leaving the stage always walk behind the people walking on stage and also, if everyone comes off and on, off, on and off the stage from the same side, it makes things really easy that everyone's there and ready to go and com- communicate really easily on one side of the stage as well. I hate people coming out the back of the stage, so if there's like a gap in the curtains I really don't like that. It was like people coming from the from the side that's pretty much just a, a personal issue, but that kind of thing uh, really sorts out communication also when I tell the artist when your act is finished don't run off to the dressing room or too busy slapping each other on the back saying well, great show or you know oh, it wasn't very good and things like that oh, I dropped three times and I only dropped twice normally uh, tell them be ready to come back on stage if I need you on stage for another battle. Because the worst thing, the most embarrassing thing that can happen to a, to a host on stage is that an artist is getting a standing ovation, okay, and the audience wants them to come back out on stage. They're giving a big round of applause, and the host is going, okay, let's have them back out on stage. They're going to come back out on stage. Hey, guys, are you there? Could someone go, is anyone there? come back on stage and the audience is getting more and more annoyed that someone isn't coming back on stage. Sometimes this works when the person does come back, the artist does come back on stage and everyone's going like this and they go, you know, you can get an applause running for two minutes in that case but if the act doesn't come back on stage that means everyone is really really annoyed. The, uh, the, The artist Annoyed because they didn't realise that he can get another round of applause. The host is annoyed because he's standing there looking like an idiot, and also the audience annoyed because they want to see the artist again. They want to give them more, uh, more appreciation, uh, more applause. And if you just tell the artist, be ready. If I call you back on stage, be ready to come back on stage. Or actually, uh, you know, arrange it all in advance, you know. Say, come back up on stage. I normally do that if, I, if I'm doing an act and at the end of my act I leave the stage quickly. I'll always say to the compere before, I'll always say, let me come back on stage. The end of my act is when I come back on stage for another bow and then I leave. Then you can get on with the show. It sounds big-headed, but it's what I do because I'm an entertainer. Yeah, also tell them, when the audience... is is clapping and they're bowing maybe if they come back up for another applause tell them to listen to the audience because the most embarrassing thing ever for an artist is to walk off stage to a silent audience so tell them to get off stage before the audience has finished clapping big big point also bowing and things there'll always be a curtain call at the end of the show maybe you know maybe it's your call on that decision but often there's a big finale you introduce all the acts back on stage you get them to take a bow and they all take a bow and then they all walk off stage again as well like that and you all hold hands and things like that and it's and it's normally quite complicated shows that i've done myself when i've been an artist and there's been uh, you know someone organizing it they they get it all choreographed you do three practices and everyone knows what to do in theory when it goes well and sometimes it goes well generally at the berlin convention show this goes really well and you get some great finales there but uh, at other conventions wow doesn't go you know it doesn't go well at all really really badly because everyone thinks they know what they're going to do but nobody is actually in control now it's your job if you're the host of a show to be in control at that point okay maybe some people say it wouldn't be your job that you've got to get let the artist take control and blah, 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 and everyone's fine and happy with that as well but i say you be in control okay one thing that i always tell the audience i say uh, not the audience the act beforehand i say during the curtain call we're not gonna we're not gonna rehearse it i know but i'm gonna go out on stage i'm gonna introduce your act you come on from stage right You take a bow, walk forward, take a bow, and walk to stage left, and everyone lines up from stage left across the stage to stage right. Everyone does this, and nobody has any special directions. Everyone just does the thing. And then I say, take my lead. When I hold your hands and I walk forward and take a bow, you be right with me there as well. And also, when it's time to go off stage, I'll go off stage from stage right. You will follow me off stage as well. And everyone comes off stage. And then I said, follow my lead to come back on stage for another round of applause. Because this is, you know, this is a real test of a good compare who's in control, okay? The audience is at its most enthusiastic. They're wanting to give their biggest appreciation to the artists of the night. Or, worst case, they're bored and already leaving. And there's like 20 artists milling around on stage and things like that. Um, So, yeah, you're in control. You'd be in control. And whenever I say, uh, look, take your cues from me, everyone acts together. Um, and I'm just in control, and I'm I'm happy with that because you know the the more I can you know control this situation, the more you know the audience appreciates it, and also the more the artists appreciate it. They don't want to be standing around looking at each other, going, "Do we go forward? No, not forward. Do we hold hands? No. Are we going up? No. Who's who's what? They don't like that at all." And um, also just a bit about the the end of the show. What I like to do is say thank you to the artists last. If there's any organizer of the show, like the stage. Uh, technicians, the stage manager, the lighting technicians, the sound technicians, the audience, no, not the, like the, the, the ushers, bringing people in and out of the audience. Lots of people want to say thank you to these people and you get people up and give them flowers. I always do that before the artists are on stage. All the artists standing back, like at the back of the stage clapping, and then the organizers come out and they clap, and then the organizers give a speech, and still the artists are standing backstage. It's all a little bit weird for me as an artist, because, you know, I want to give them appreciation, but I always think it's best, you know, that the audience can say, yeah, good show let's see what we're really here for what they're really there for is the artist they're there to be entertained by the artist so i think the artist should always have the last word uh, the last uh, the last little part of that as well um finally uh what to do what's the last thing that happened on stage me because i'm uh, confident i always say the last thing on stage pretty much my name i just say thank you very much hope you've enjoyed this day show my name's luke Burridge. goodbye and I walk off the stage, people know that that's the end of the show. Maybe we'll come back and do another curtain call, but generally it's from once the audience has died down and the, the, the clapping's die down and bit like the house lights are coming on. That's when I'll say it and leave. You may have something different. Uh, some people, like some host of the show, will give the microphone to someone else, like another one of the artists, and if you do this, give it to an artist who's already spoken in the show. So like someone who's done like a comedy number, like spoken comedy number, give them the microphone and they'll say, and a big round of applause for our host, Luke. But I never do that because... Uh, because I don't. So you're controlling the artists and things like that. Also, finally, you're controlling the technical part of the show, the technical side, okay? I always introduce myself to all of the technicians, I mean, if I get a chance, before the show, and ask them if it's okay to, from the stage, give them instructions or ask them questions. And So if I want a piece of music played, I'll I'll organise in advance that I can just say to the, the sound uh, you know, technician, say, track three, play, and he'll play track three. He knows it's happening. He knows that if if it's needed i will i will give him instructions from the stage with the microphone or if i need more light or if something happens like that so yeah uh, it's it's all good in that way and also I can, I can interact with the, the stage technicians one of the one things that I really dislike is when an artist uh, when the host of the show is doing something like that and the and the, the stage hands are, are putting things out on stage and setting things up here and doing things there as well they're just being ignored I always like to include them in the show make them part of the show and the, the stage technicians will love that I mean the, the you know if, if you get a chance to play with the lighting director and they play with you so if you like uh, sort of say something bad about them they take the lights down and things like that it all adds to the enjoyment of the show. Uh, if everyone's happy, they're fine about that. I've even just talked to, a, uh, like said, one word to a lighting technician who was doing the follow spot and ended up playing football and, uh, with, with the follow spot, the circle of the swallow, follow spot, and spinning it on my finger. Uh, it's an old idea, it's been tried before, but it was only because I was willing to include the technicians and try and control them that I can actually entertain the audience in that way. Uh, also, the best thing about all of this is actually including the technicians in with the show, is that if something goes wrong, you're in control, okay? The chances are, something will go wrong, okay? In bigger shows, there'll be a stage manager to help you out with all of this thing, all of these kind of things, but uh, in smaller shows, uh, it's probably just you, and you're in control, you're the person that the audience looks at, okay? Even if it's not your fault, it's your responsibility. Keep that in mind, okay? If something happens, it's nothing to do with you. You can't just say you can't just like say to the audience, oh, it's nothing to do with me. I'll let somebody else sort it out. No, no, you've got to sort it out as well. So if the PA system blows up, okay, it's up to you to decide if the show can go on as normal or if you need to fill for five minutes uh, while the technicians sort it out. And if you're unsure, ask the technicians. Just shout up to the the, the sound guy, what's wrong? And he'll say, it's broken. And you'll say, you know, can you fix it? And he'll say, give me two minutes, and you've got two minutes to do whatever you want. But if he says it'll take ten minutes, just turn to the audience and say, look if you can hear me, because the microphone's not working, say, look, the show's going to resume in 10 minutes. We'll take an unscheduled interval. We'll take an unscheduled break, go to the toilet, meet us back here in 10 minutes. Hopefully then we'll get it sorted out. Or if it's not sorted out, we'll go on with the show anyway um, and doing the best we can with live musicians if we can get them sorted out as well. So yeah, you're in control. Um, and if anything goes wrong, you're in control, okay? If there's something on stage which uh, isn't meant to be there, it's been left on there from a previous act, pretty much your job to get rid of it you can ask a technician to come up uh, like a stagehand to come up and take it away if you want to i mean if it's appropriate or what i do because it fits with my style of being a host uh and quite an aggressive loud kind of host as well i just kick it off the stage you know just throw it off i've done that quite a lot of times in shows you know if people left yo-yos on the stage or or juggling clubs just chuck them off the stage off the front and it, and it's funny it's and it's entertaining okay so uh yeah Talking of entertaining, let's get on to the final part of talking about informing people, talking about controlling people. Well, not controlling people, uh, controlling the audience, controlling the show, making the show a good show. Let's move on to entertaining. So, yes, entertaining. Uh, as I said at the start of this uh, this uh, podcast workshop thing, yeah, it's it, entertaining is the least the least important part of being a good host. Okay, um, if you're informing the audience. What they would need to know if you're controlling the entire situation making it run smoothly it's great you will be a really good a really good compare okay but if you're entertaining you can really add to the show on top of that okay but if you just think that you're meant to be entertaining you will be a bad host a bad compare okay the thing is i can't tell you how to be entertaining it's not something i can do in a workshop or in a, like a like a, a you know a single podcast kind of thing you know workshop that this is you know i could give you some advice if i was talking to you one-on-one or if i saw you as a uh, as performing i could probably you know give you a bit of advice to be more entertaining but even then i'm probably not the best person to do that you know you've got your own skills your own routines your own jokes your own uh, you know styles of comedy and your own ideas and things like that um and i can't really tell you what to uh, you know what to do for an audience what will work and what won't it just comes with a lot of experience and uh, a lot of shows a lot of bad shows <laughs> yeah that's the way to that's the way to get better do a lot of bad shows so yeah I, I can't really you know tell you how to be entertaining um but i will share you share with you the way that i actually uh, categorize different compares that i see in variety shows and juggling conventions and games and things like that um first Is the the neutral compare or the good compare? I call it neutral for one reason, but the good compare. Uh, They'll introduce the acts, like I say, control the show and be confident on stage and they do their job and they do it well and they don't try to add any entertainment value to the show. They just do their job. And that's great. And they're good. They're good at their job. And it's perfect. You know, that's all you need to do to be a good compare is, is you know, follow the guidelines that I've showed uh, so far or shared with you, or, you know, at least keep in mind these guidelines that I've shared with you so far in this workshop, okay? So that's how to be good, that's how to be good. The second um, way that I can c- categorize a, a host of a show is that they're a positive or great compare, really, really great compare, fantastic compare. And they will do all of what I've said so far, everything, all the functions that the neutral, the good compare has done as well. But on top of that, they'll actually bring bring like a big bonus to the show which is that they're entertaining in their own right they add to the show okay they might not do a lot of material it might be most of the show I mean I've done some shows where there's me and like six other acts and I've had to do uh, like an hour and a half's worth of material and the other guys have done like maybe you know 45 minutes of material so it's it's mainly me doing the show but I'm still a good I'm still a good host of the show even though that I'm the, like, the main star of the show in that way because I'm respectful to the other acts and, I, and I'm enthusiastic about the other acts and I'm really impressed by the other acts as well and people see that and, uh, and they go with it, it's great so it doesn't matter how much you do, or how much more you bring to the show, entertainment-wise, or how little you can still be a, a positive or great compare uh, just by putting in a few jokes in between the acts that are appropriate and are actually funny, that are actually entertaining. Like I said, I can't tell you, uh, you know, just funny jokes to repeat. The third, the third kind of host is of course the bad host or the negative host, the one that actually takes away from the show. You, you add up all of the acts, and you think that's the minimum, you know, enjoyment that you should be able to get from the show. The acts themselves. OK, and if it's just the acts, you just saw the acts one after the other and we're just told this is the name of the next act. Great. Actually, the London juggling convention shows for a few years didn't have a host. Uh, one guy came out before each half and said, in this half, you'll see six acts called this, 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 this and this. And between each of the acts, they played like a minute's worth of um, antique juggling footage, you know, of, of old vaudeville entertainers as well like that. And people were happy with that. You know, it was a great show because all of the acts were good enough that it all stood up on its own. So to be a negative compare, you've actually got to be doing stuff on stage which reduces the average level of entertainment of the acts, okay? This could be that you're just not very good, okay? It could be that you're just not suited to being on stage. You mumble. Uh, you, you, you don't, you are not actually good at talking. Uh, most often, though, I'd say about 90% of all of the negative hosts of the shows that I've seen is because they think their job is to be entertaining. And like I said, you're not there to entertain. The acts are there to entertain. As a host, your primary job is to introduce the acts and let the other people be entertaining. Now, this is a mistake that I've made in the past as well. I've got up to do uh, shows, and uh, and I thought it was more about me. And I didn't respect the other artists, and I didn't bother introducing them very well, and uh, didn't do that, and I stuck to my own material. And they're not, they're not enjoyable. I mean, the audience notices that. Like, say, uh, some examples of this is the um, EJC, again, the Friday night show, was hosted, can't even remember the names, but by two Irish guys with big hair, who are probably fantastic street show entertainers, okay? They would be hilarious in their own solo show, but they just didn't understand that the audience didn't want to see 10-minute sketches involving mini bikes and non-flaming flaming flaming rings between every single act. The audience wanted to see the acts. They wanted to see Morgan doing his uh, foot juggling and all those different kinds of things. That's what they wanted to see. They didn't want to see bad comedy material or good comedy material, but out of context. Um, So they were really, really Bad, and it doesn't matter how good you are at entertaining, it doesn't mean that you're going to be a good compare, a good host, but one thing that show that really sticks to mind is the Dresden show from this year. The hosts Thomas Dietz and Marcus Furtner. Now between them, we've got pretty much the greatest juggler, one of the greatest jugglers, and one of the greatest devil stickers of you know the current era of the generation. And they were terrible. Their comedy, they're like little sketches also oh, comedy that they tried to do would have gone down really well. Maybe in a renegade show or, in a, or sort of like a single act in an open stage or something like that. I've seen Thomas Dietz do poi acts. I've seen Marcus Furtner do his his uh, um, artistic devil stick acts and they're really funny, You know, they're funny guys but, uh, and, and great, uh, you know, great technicians of what they do as well but uh, they, didn't, they didn't respect the other artists they actually styled the whole thing as an open stage and they were saying things like you know, we, invent, we invited Toby Walker and Anthony Gatto and all the best jugglers in the world to come to this show uh, but they didn't turn up so here's Luke and Polar and it's like we're, we're like what you know you can't do that you've got to respect the acts you've got to actually give them uh give them their due and and thomas and marcus didn't and they concentrated too much on their own material and not enough on the artists and that was a that was a real pity let's say concentrate on the first two functions of hosting a show informing people and controlling the show itself, controlling the audience, and you'll have a good thing. Your own material. Think long and hard about what you're going to add. Be sensitive to the length of the show. Be sensitive to the mood of the audience. And also be sensitive to the content of the individual acts. If someone does a comedy, like a spoken comedy piece, don't try and follow them by a comedy routine of your own. If somebody does some club juggling, don't come out and do better club juggling. Maybe you can't, but I'm quite a good club juggler and I've got to be careful of what I do on stage that I, I don't... Like beat in a way, if you know, when set up as a competition, that I don't try and uh, one up the artists on stage themselves. Um, it's something to be careful with as well. Also, one thing to be sensitive with is if you are a technical juggler and you want to do technical juggling on stage, it's a way of like validating yourself on stage with these other artists. That's the way I see it as well. Matt Hall comes out; he's a really good juggler, and if he comes out and just talks. Um, he's good, he's good at that as well but the audience are going, oh well what's this guy he's, he's got a bandana and he's a school teacher Why, what, how has he, he earned his place on stage as well, but when Matt Hall comes out and the first thing he does on stage is just a completely kick-ass cigar box act every time he comes out on stage from then on people will just be like, hey this guy's a this guy's a good host, I and mean, he's a great juggler as well. And you can actually use that too. So I always try to do on you know if I'm going to host a show, um, and I think it's appropriate, I'll do a routine of my own first. You know something something maybe technical. You know to actually uh, like I say earn my place on stage. It was actually you know, Bob from Canada who told me that as well. He says. It was something I thought of in my own head as well, but he really cleared it up for me as well when I came out and did a comedy routine uh, and then later on in the show did a technical act. It's like he said people were thinking, you know, why is, why is the host of the show doing like six clubs on stage? You know, he, isn't, he's some kind of like comedy guy as well. So you've got to be sensitive what you do on stage. So those are the, those are the three things that you're going to do on stage. Uh, let's now move on to things that you don't do on stage, things not to do, Okay told you how to do the job well, here's some things to avoid if you want to be a good host. And these are really, really important, so much so that if I've seen a host do these things on stage, they're generally not very good. So first thing is always work alone, okay? Never, ever, ever work with a partner. Unless, of course, you're an established double act, and you've done a lot of performing between each other as well uh, on stage you know people think oh you know there's this guy on the radio and he has this like comedy sidekick that doesn't work either you're on stage you know the, the host of the show is meant to be there the only reason why radio shows uh, have like comedy hosts and people who they can talk is because they're talking into a microphone like i'm doing now i'm just sitting here talking into a microphone and if you're actually talking to someone across the desk it works on stage it doesn't you've already got somebody to talk to that is the audience, okay? The way it'll often happen at a small juggling convention is that uh, you'll be asked, they'll say, do you want to host the show? And you'll be like, oh, I'm not really sure, I've not done it before, um, I'm, I, you know, I'm not sure. So they'll go off and ask another person, do you want to be a host? And they'll go, oh, I'm not really sure, I'm not really confident. And then somebody along the way, it could be you, it could be the other host, it could be the organizers of the show, they'll think, hey, why don't we put these people together on stage? And, and they'll be confident enough. We'll add their confidence together and we'll have a good host or a good pair of hosts. That never, ever works. In this situation, if you're put in that situation where you, you can either, if you can do a, like a double hosting thing that you're working with someone else, don't do it. Just admit that the other person working alone would be better than you doing the job uh, together, okay? And just let them get on with it. The best case is that they'll do a good job and the show's a success and you can sit there in the audience and just enjoy it and it'll be great. The worst case is that they do a really bad show uh, and and, uh, they do a bad job and the show is a failure. uh, But the good thing is it wasn't you up there failing and it wasn't your bad show as well. But if you work together, pretty much 100% guaranteed that you'll do a bad job together and you will fail okay why are you will fail because you'll work out some comedy routines to do beforehand and you'll concentrate too much on them and you'll think about it you'll try and script stuff but then you won't remember the script and uh, you'll be unsure who's going to say what and you'll be like are you, are you the next act is 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 this i've actually seen it happen so many times before uh, you will look at each other trip up trip up over each other as well one person will end up doing most of the talking the other person will just look like they're, f- you know, they no reason to be on stage, or they're just like that, like that uh, little guy who sort of sits on, you know, in, in the studio as well with the radio host, and they'll just end up following each other on and off stage as well. Okay, the person who does most of the talking, he'll run out of stage. He'll be the one in control, and the other guy will sort of run on afterwards, and uh, they'll do their piece, and then, you know, the guy who does the talking will run off, and the other guy will run out after them. I've actually seen this happen so many times on stage. Also, they'll say the next act is and wait for the other person to say, John, and they'll look at each other and go, John, and then John, yes, great, John, and then walk off, and it's just so, so bad, if you're working alone, the audience is looking at you, you're the person in control, if you're working with someone else, nobody is ever quite sure, who's in control of the show, and it really does show, after, I know, pretty much every single show, except maybe one or two, that I've ever seen, where two people have been hosting the show, that's happened, okay, second thing, never, ever, ever ever to do on stage is uh be silent. I've seen one mime, one mime ever manage to host a show successfully all the way through alone. One person, okay? I've seen about 20 or 30 people try to host a show silently, miming either themselves or with a like a duo or something like that, and every single other one of these has failed, okay? Unless you're a really 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 good mime already, and you have a really clear idea how to announce the next act silently and still get across the information that you want to do, uh, like hold up a sign or something like that. And But you have to be really good at it only then, even consider doing it. Otherwise, you'll be much better talking into a microphone and introducing the acts um, vocally, okay? Humans in the audience like to see other humans. Mimes, I'm sorry, they're not human. Humans are based on human, you know, the, the, one of the defining characteristics of a human is that they communicate vocally. And uh, silence just kills and en- kills the energy on the show, okay? So talk, that's it. Next thing, never ever to do on stage is um, be another character. Don't act on stage. Be yourself. Like I say, human want to see other humans. If you're lying on stage, people can see that. I mean, that's what acting is. It's it's lying, okay? So if you're another character... It won't work. I've seen these these guys get on the stage at a BJC show a few years ago and they played sort of like these Cockney Wide Boys, and you're like, e-er, 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 and this person's it, and this person's it. and Why Cockney Wide Boys are actually uh, uh, you know introducing variety acts on stage, I don't know, but they were picked because they're probably funny. And again, in their own show, they're probably really, really funny. As a street show, they're probably really, really funny but people saw that they were fake they saw that they weren't actually honest they weren't being true so when they say hey the next act is really good and he's one of the best in the world and please give it up i'm really excited about this next act it's like the audience is thinking consciously or not consciously i mean i don't know but they'll be thinking how is that person who's lying to me acting to me i mean you know how can we believe what they're saying is true if you get what i mean there. you know if you're actually saying like hey this is great um and you're saying as a character your character is fake So that means what you're saying is fake but if you're yourself and you use your own enthusiasm and your own opinions and your own character your character to do it and people know that it's your character to do it great, they'll go along with you. That being said, if you've got a, a character which you've worked on for years and it's 100% believable to any audience that you show it to, you could probably get away with that on stage, okay? And it's great. Also, in a, say in a children's show, characters, I mean, they're like bigger-than-life characters, so you can do it in an audience, like for a children's show, but respect the audience. They will see straight through your character if it's not 100%, uh, 100% spot-on. Also, like my own character, I'm not myself on stage, everything i do on stage is based on me but what i do is pretty much uh turn off my inhibitions and then turn up my personality just turn it up like 200 percent and just go for it that's what i do on stage and that is my stage character it's me plus me you know and, and keeping going like that and all of the good hosts that i see on stage they're they're not playing a character or they're playing a character which is so much like them they're doing entertaining stuff they're doing things that that aren't believable in some ways as well. Their character itself isn't isn't that believable. I've seen people who are like uh, like sexy women dressed up in, in these weird costumes and they're never like that off stage. But on stage, that's them and people go with it and it's really good. Um, but it's based on their own personality and based on a, their own stage character, their own stage personality that they've uh, developed over the years as well. So those are some things that you should never do on stage this uh this uh workshop has gone on uh, uh a long time. Um so I'm just going to finish off with uh, some common questions that are asked at the end of my workshops when I do them as well. Oh yeah, one thing. Uh what about different languages? At European juggling conventions there's going to be lots of different languages, okay? Now there's uh there's two ways to do this. You either pick one language, stick to it all the way through, and everyone's happy. And if that person, and if the people in the audience can't understand the language, okay, I find that I don't know any other language. I mean, you know, I know a tiny bit of German, no French at all, nothing like that. But I know that at the EJC, by sticking to my language, I can be clearer to people who don't understand English when I speak English than I would to try and say, like, talk in their own language. I've been invited to juggling conventions, uh, like the Dutch Juggling Championship, the first one. I was invited to go there, not to perform, but just to host the show, just to host the competitions and I can't pronounce one Dutch word, not one Dutch name, not one Dutch place, you know, but I know that I was a good enough host, okay, uh, and the, the people who booked me knew that I was a good enough host that even in English, I could be a better host to uh, to people who didn't speak uh, English as their first language uh, than someone who maybe could speak Dutch but um, wouldn't be such a good host. Also, I was down at the Austrian juggling convention and I hosted their open stage and uh, for most people in Austria, English isn't their second language, it's maybe their third language, okay, and, and, uh, Again, I know that I did a, a better job, you know, talking in English to Austrians then a lot of German people could do or German-speaking people do, could do as well. And afterwards, they said that, you know, it's one of the best open stages that they've had there for, you know, 10 or 15 years. And I'm really proud of that. But I don't try and, uh, and, and do different languages. Now, if you can speak a number of different languages, like, say, Daphne, who always does these, or often hosts the open stages at the EJC, she speaks lots of different languages, and that's great. The thing is that I find that she would um, say something in one language, repeat it in another language, repeat it in another language, and then finally introduce the artist in a different language again so like four languages French German Dutch English and things like that uh, and that's great but I think she confuses more people by doing that than she would if she just stuck to English okay so keep that in mind as well either you've got to do something really clear um, in one language and then repeat it really clearly in another language but if it's like four languages like an EJC it's too much I'd say stick to one language or like John did at the at the main stage of this year's EJC uh, he speaks like Spanish and Danish and I think German and English as well he he just actually uh, said some of the main announcements at the beginning of the show in Spanish uh, and in some other languages too. So he would just say, you know, no mobile phones, no flash photography. And the people who spoke Spanish, they picked up on that. And then he moved on and did the rest of the show in, uh, in English. And it worked. it worked really well. Also, don't show off, Okay. There's some some guys at the like some Irish guys at the EJC and they showed off speaking Irish to Irish people and it's like yeah it's not clever well it is clever I mean I wish I could speak more than one language fluently but um, people they they're not really interested in how many languages you can speak unless you make a whole show of that and I have seen a, uh, a. a comedian I think from Italy doing a show uh, completely in German but um, making actually a show about speaking different languages and the different cultures and it works really well but just don't show off Um, next question what happens if an act is really 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 bad like say some guy does the the 20 minute single devil stick artistic experiment um now that's really tricky, depends on your own style. me, I would always be respectful as possible to the artist because that's what it's about it's about the artist it's not about me, but also it is about entertainment and it is about a show so i'll I'll subtly acknowledge the fact that the audience maybe is a little bit unhappy and then move on okay and move on quickly as well so um, I'll sort of give a bit of a nod to the audience and then uh, and then get on with the show. I remember actually two years ago in Petui, there was a guy, I can't remember his name now, um, but he who he, he came out and I'd seen him practicing his juggling and he does this fantastic three club juggling, really nice routines. And he said, oh, I just want to do like the five minute or four minute worth of juggling. And uh, somebody else said to the organizers, no, 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 he's got like this 12 minute version of the act. Do the 12 minute version of the act. And I heard it was really good. So I came out on stage and said, hey, this next artist, um, he's going to do like a 12 minute act. It's going to be long but stick with it I've seen him practice it's going to be fantastic it's great and he came out on stage and he rolled around the stage he ate ravioli for five minutes he strapped his glasses onto his head and that took about another three or four minutes as well he blew up a balloon put it on a light and it popped that was another three or four minutes then finally at the end after all this um, you know artistic expression and modern dance and all these different kinds of things he then did some juggling and by that time, people were just, you know, just didn't care. Didn't care anymore about the juggling. And I had to come back on stage after announcing that this was just going to be some of the best juggling that you've ever seen. And and it hadn't been. So I, you know, I can't even remember what I did, but I was just like, uh, I was just like, uh, uh, there, there you go. Uh, sorry about that, guys. And I just had to move on as well. And it's something that you just got to be really sensitive with it as well. And also stick with your character. If your character, like mine on stage, is... I mean, I love artistic stuff as well, but um, I'm actually quite high energy on stage. And if this act is long and boring and isn't high energy and I come out and then I try and sort of, um, you know, identify with the artist and try and big them up too much. People could just see through that as well. Normally, I love it. But, you know, sometimes my character on the stage, I've got to be uh, a little bit more disrespectful to the artist and actually just go with the audience to make it a better show, to bring the audience back in and then to be more respectful to the next artist and have a good introduction to them as well. Um so, yeah, bad acts, really, really strange. Stick with it, you know, <laughs> it'll take uh, it'll take uh, sensitivity and experience, I think. Uh, next, what happens if there's a drunk person in the audience or big hecklers? Uh, you're in control, deal with it, okay? If if you're good with hecklers, great, go for it. I mean, I can sometimes shout down a heckler and, uh, and I'm happy and I'm entertaining when I do it as well. If you're not good with hecklers and you don't think you can do it, actually in the introduction of the show, say something like, hey guys, this is the public show, it's not Renegade, heckles just aren't expected in a show like this as well, so please don't heckle um, the, uh, the, the the artist and things like that. And people will pick up on those and say, yeah, that's great. Or, or just say at the beginning, if you're going to heckle me, I won't respond at all. So there's Pretty much no point and you'll get in that first link four or five heckles and then nobody will even bother after that as well i often tell people if you're going to heckle me do it in clear english if people just start shouting out things like that i just ignore them but if it's a good heckle i can come straight back in them as well um if the drunk person is really disrupting the show ask for them to be removed by security you can either do it from the stage or talk to the organizers the stage managers or whoever's like uh, the convention organizers backstage okay i've had like Uh, one in particular like a, a drunk guy who was out of control and um Unfortunately, he was actually a really good show host as well and uh, and people were like pushing him up on stage and he was wanting to host the show and it was a really bad situation. Now if I'd have talked to the organisers right at the beginning of that show and said, "Look, it's going to be a problem. Could you like take him out of the tent or ask him to calm down or sort out the situation." It would have all been fine. In hindsight, that would have been perfect, but then again, hindsight is is 2020 and uh, and that was a really bad show. Probably one of my worst ever shows. But anyway, moving on, uh, what happens if the stage collapses? uh like like a really really big technical problem deal with it again it's 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 your responsibility or maybe not your responsibility like if it's in a if it's you know if the technical crew is is up for coping with it they will cope with it but you're the person who's got to deal with the audience meanwhile okay so the stage collapses get the audience to move their chairs aside continue the show in the center of the hall with the house lights on as an example. Uh, There'll always be a solution to every problem if you want to find one okay and if you want to find one you probably can it may take a few minutes but if you're in control you'll be able to find it okay a lot of technical crew and a lot of show organisers, no show organisers always want it to succeed sometimes the technical crew if they're not jugglers they'll go oh we can't carry on what do we do we can't do it you just tell them look we're going to move those chairs. We're going to carry on with the show, and it's going to take place. It's, uh, and it's going to be an interesting experience for the audience to sit through as well. So, uh, yeah, there will be a solution to a problem. you just got to take control and find it. Uh, what happens if – actually, no, I don't want to keep going through these what happens if because it's pretty much all the same thing. You follow the guidelines that I've already set out. You, you do all of that kind of stuff, and, uh, and you'll find a solution. And you're in control, and you're going to be the one informing the uh, the audience if anything does go wrong, and uh, you're in control of the artists and uh, also, even if there is a crisis, you can make it entertaining. Things have happened in the show don't ignore them you know if there is a, a like a panel on stage and it falls down, don't just carry on with your prepared material or go in to try and introduce the next act. Talk about it, make it part of the show, make it entertaining as well. You can actually bring all three parts of it informing controlling, and entertaining all together when something goes wrong. Um, and then people think it's part of the show. Well, if they don't, you know, they'll just think, "Wow, that's a great guy. He's he's always in control." So um, yeah, final thoughts on being a host before I wrap this up, because uh, I've been going for probably over an hour now. Um, just just remember, it's it's not about you. It's about the audience and the artists. Okay, you're there to put on a good show. If you think you can do a better show without trying to be entertaining yourself and let the artists go with what they do and just introduce the next artist that is your job so do your job well respect the artists respect the audience and um and have fun that's the way it goes and uh, also one final thing is if you're uh, an artist and you want to perform more at conventions or something or if you're just a, a juggler you want to do convention performances and you want to get invited to do uh, to be in shows and things like that being able to host a show is a really good thing to put in your uh in your promo pack or in your file or your resume and things like that because uh, you can say hey look I can come along do two acts I can also host a renegade I can host an open stage I can host the games as well or I can host the main show and if you do that you know convention organizers want that kind of person you know they want to just pay one person to come along and uh, and provide a complete uh, show package for them you know or the games or something like that so, so really, really do keep that in mind. These, you know, these days I'm invited to a lot, a lot of juggling conventions. Uh, now that I'm living here in Germany, I still get invited back to the UK. I host shows there. Also, America, I've gone over there. This, this uh, coming spring, I'm going to Australia. Um, maybe some other places which i 'm keeping secret as well but um but yeah all over the place and it's all not just because i 'm a good juggler because uh, to be honest if people wanted a good juggler they could they could book Thomas Dietz and Toby walk and all these other people as well i'm a I'm an entertainer and uh, one thing that I know I can do well is is host shows and be entertaining in that way so uh yeah so so have fun i'll 'll be back with another podcast hopefully it's not all been too technical maybe even if you don't want to be a host, show host you've still um you still enjoyed what I've said today or learnt something as well. So um, keep in mind, have fun. Bye.